0: Today we have with us a special guest, Emily Rowe. She's a director of performance marketing at Merkle. She oversees media channels for several Fortune 500 clients, forging strong relationships while making sure that we reach their clients' goals. So she works across SEO, display, social, and search as a director across those accounts, with a focus especially on display and paid social. So today we're going to talk to her about how how digital marketing trends have changed in 2020, as well as looking forward to what to expect in 2021 in both display and paid social. All right, welcome to our show. And the million dollar question, (laughs) what is your number one prediction for what's gonna happen in this next year, 2021? Um, predominantly in display and paid social land?
1: Sure. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I think that is the that is the million-dollar question, Gaia. But um, <laughs> I think it's important to maybe start with what happened in 2020 and some of the trends that we saw there. So 2020 was a major shift, um, or we saw a major shift in behavior from the pandemic. Um, individuals were browsing and shopping more online, as well as consuming a lot of their media and entertainment online. And as a result, we saw advertisers really lean into digital um, over traditional channels like print and out of home. So in 2021, I would expect some reversion back to pre-COVID behavior, um, especially as the economy begins to reopen um, and even maybe more importantly, as consumers and individuals start to become vaccinated and feel more comfortable going into physical stores. However, I think during 2020, we did reshape the way that consumers can interact with brands. So I would not expect that to return back to pre-COVID levels ever, really permanently. Um, So now that brands have adopted these new ways to interact with consumers, I would expect uh, display and paid social to really continue to grow in investment year over year. I would also see next year. I would, I would expect to see brands really lean into new and innovative channels. So over the course of 2020, we saw a lot of media partners really um, reshape the way that consumers can interact online. And I would expect that for the brands that didn't test into some of those more innovative ways that they begin to do so in 2021 after they've seen case studies of other brands that have sort of tested into new capabilities. So. I think that that starts with things like um, expanding into social commerce. We saw Facebook and Instagram in the beginning of the pandemic introduce shops, which was at that Mm -hmm. point primarily for small businesses, but has really expanded. And they've now come out with, as everybody has, I'm sure, seen um, their commerce manager. So testing into new ways like that, that that could apply to um, brands that don't even have a big paid social budget that that today is largely organic so testing into channels like that expanding tv if they're doing linear tv buying today into connected tv and ott where um, we did see a huge surge over the course of 2020 in cord cutters Um, and then we're already seeing a lot of this today but um, really brands investing into augmented and virtual reality there are third-party partners like obsess where you can take your physical brick and mortar store and actually browse Um, through these third party vendors, a physical brick and mortar uh, store and purchase products online, which is really neat and innovative and is making um, brands that don't have that accelerated digital presence. Um, It's sort of keeping them afloat during the pandemic. So I expect to see a lot more of that in 2021. And from the sell side, so thinking of partners like Google and Facebook, I would expect them to continue to roll out um, new and innovative ways for consumers to shop. So I think overall, uh, my prediction is that we will see an increase in spend year, year over year on these channels displaying paid social and then um, new products within the within the partners, so new ways to shop, browse, and discover
2: so do you see these being as more like enterprise level strategies or I know you mentioned small businesses like what sort of markets do you think these are these strategies in our target that you've talked about or like how are you thinking about that?
1: I think both, yeah, so. I think small, this definitely applies to small businesses, but even for some of the brands that we service that are mid to larger scale clients, it's definitely applicable for them as well. And I think um, from an enterprise perspective, perspective or from a local perspective, I see the expansion into these shopping capabilities applicable to all ends of the spectrum. It's really just the, the scale that that, adverta- that advertiser has access to. So, yes, definitely all ends of the spectrum.
2: Cool. And the other question I was thinking of is, um, it seems like the shopping capabilities are really specific to retail. Are mm-hmm. there any things trends that you're seeing for other verticals? Essentially,
1: yeah. So that, as Gaia knows, is probably a result <laughs> of that. That's where my day today is focused. Um, Likewise. I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. I think the shopping is is probably that was the thing we had to solve for. Um, right the most in 2020 from my perspective i mean especially if you think about essential products um like toilet paper that was definitely um, <laughs> a hot commodity in the beginning yep. of this time, we had to find ways to get those products to consumers so right. i think that's probably where we saw the fastest growth whereas if you think of like banking and financial services or even like media and entertainment and travel a lot of a lot of that was already done in an e-commerce capacity and that that growth from a digital perspective i feel like there were fewer ways to innovate in those categories however right. i think retail could be the catalyst to kind of shift the way that we do and like interact from a banking perspective in the future right um, i don't have as much experience on those other verticals but i do expect that as we learn like how consumers are adapting through these different ways to transact online, it will get rolled out across other verticals.
2: Yeah, and I mean, across the Google SERP, I know we've seen um, retail kind of lead the way in like the more visual SERP, but then
0: also mm-hmm. seen that carry over into like travel and banking and those sorts of things yeah. as well. Well, cool. um, what are, what are the best ways that you've seen some brands kind of like roll out any of the new virtual reality offerings?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to use a brand that's actually not a Merkle brand. They they once were a Merkle brand. But um <laughs> Ralph Lauren actually caught my attention for their factory stores, which I think is um, quite interesting because uh, factory stores often don't have an e-commerce present. Part of their um, exclusivity, I guess, is that they're largely brick and mortar based in these outlet malls where you get very exclusive deals they they rolled out this virtual shopping online where you can click in the Facebook ad unit and be directed to a landing page that is a virtual storefront. I think it's their Woodbury mm-hmm. Commons location where you can actually browse around the store, sort of similar to how you, I don't know if you guys are in the market, yeah for a rental property or, or for something to purchase. But if you're on Zillow, oftentimes you can kind of browse a physical home through clicking through the dots, or similarly, if you're looking for a rental property, you can now do that in the Woodbury Commons location. So you can click on the dots and go all throughout the store and then you know sort of zoom in, click a t-shirt that you're interested in, it has the price, and then it redirects you to call the store I think sort of as a way to make sure that they're continuing to get traffic to those locations even if they have to ship from that location but to make sure that it's not completely idle and that they don't see a a huge revenue loss so i think that was one of the more innovative that i've seen over the last um several weeks actually and i think um sephora tends to be one of the more innovative in the the um virtual and augmented reality they continue to do that but I wouldn't say it's as novel just because they've been doing that for what feels like years. And I think they were really a leader in the space. This for Ralph Lauren was a pretty big step um, for that that innovation arm.
0: Yeah, I think I had similarly seen, maybe World Market had rolled out a virtual store for the holiday. It was a little difficult to navigate when you're actually going through, especially when items are really small on shelves, right? Um, So I think there's definitely a lot of um, improvement to be made on on some of the products. But I think Google didn't Google also roll out like a virtual lipstick color try on, which was pretty cool. Um, Yes,
1: And um, I think AOL actually, or Verizon Media actually came out with a, a similar augmented reality feature within their ad units, which is incredibly i think that's the thing we haven't seen as much that i would expect to see next year is the ad unit actually Mm. allowing or allowing the virtual reality or the augmented reality we see it a lot post click the ad unit but i think now that we're getting more data and we have more information on how to um like what the best user experience is on the site that will then be sort of transported over into the ad units themselves. But yeah, I think Google, Google and Verizon are both also leaders
2: in that space. Cool. Really interesting things coming up, uh, especially for um, paid social and, and display. What's your overall predictions for, for 2020 from just a digital marketing perspective?
1: Yes, not dissimilar from what um, Matt was saying previously. I think privacy, we've started to get a taste of um, of the future into privacy. And for 2020 alone, we've spent a lot of time in discussions around CCPA and what advertisers need to do to be in compliance with CCPA, sort of triggered what by the- What does CCPA G- stand for? California Consumer Protection Perfect. Act. Yeah. Um, And so really what CCPA did for brands was um, or what advertisers are now faced with is that they have to ensure that their media um, is targeted to individuals that aren't living in California or have opted out of media. So really, it puts us in a place where we have to implement. more technical requirements for our media and really that started with Facebook's limited data use that when CCPA went into enforcement back in July of this year, um, advertisers had to go and update their pixels or you know, implement a cookie consent management platform for, for LDU and for Google's subsequent RDP, which is their restricted data processing we had a lot that we had to deal with from just a privacy standpoint. But I think in 2020, while it felt like there was a lot of conversation around data privacy, it was really only the beginning. And I think we're starting to feel really that this is going to transpire into more of a um, a targetability and measurement conversation next year. And while we're laying the infrastructure and the groundwork to be prepared and in compliance for things like CCPA, I think next year we're really going to start to feel the impact where our cookie pools are much smaller. The audience that we can go after is, you know, much less than it was the prior year. I think if you even just think about Apple's uh, iOS 14 update and what that means for advertisers. So now individuals that update um, or install to iOS 14, they now have the ability to block an IDFA, which is Identifier for advertisers. So basically you can remove all advertising from these different apps within your smartphone device, which is quite scary for advertisers because it could have a tremendous impact on, like I said, the people that we're able to target. So I think for next year, um, one, we sort of have to see. I don't know that anybody on the phone has an answer on whether or not Apple's going to hold firm on that. There's a lot of controversy around it, as I'm sure you both have read. So, we'll have to see if that actually happens. And then, two, I think we're going to both agencies and brands are going to be tasked with figuring out how we um, can sort of navigate this world where we have fewer people to target and then subsequently less data and, and ability to measure and attribute our media. So, I think it's going to be a busy year, both from an innovation <laughs> perspective, as I mentioned earlier, but also from a, a data privacy perspective.
2: Definitely. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this rolls out. Um just the targeting side of things seems like it's going to be, I'm going to hear a lot more people talking about like how the ads don't really match what they're looking for. Like why would Google ever serve them this? Like those sorts of conversations that just don't necessarily see the tie-ins between the privacy side of things, which is important to the like user experience side of things.
1: Yeah, I think the most interesting thing is going to be, at least to start, will be to see how many people sort of opt out immediately. So how many people mm-hmm. find the ads relevant and would prefer, I can speak for myself, probably because I work in advertising. <laughs> but I will absolutely not block IDFA because I find the ads relevant to my behavior and also I, I work in advertising. So I feel like it would be a little bit hypocritical for me <laughs> to do that. Um, but I think uh, it will be interesting to see what percentage of people actually opt out and then what that means for, for us, absolutely.
0: Yep. How many people are going to be frustrated by just getting irrelevant ads mm-hmm. when they were getting hyper-personalized ads? That's
1: right. About Give everybody about 30 days to get completely <laughs> irrelevant ads. You think getting ads are frustrating. How about getting ads that have nothing to
2: do with you? <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Go, you'll go back to your settings and, and change that to jump black. Yep. Yep. Um, do you have any other predictions for 2020 or excuse me, 2021 that you're thinking about?
1: Not from a marketing perspective, not that I can think of. Um, I think there are still so many unknowns um, that it's hard to predict. I think we feel like we've reached some point of normalcy. I think because we have, we've been in this new world for so long, but I think that's also about to change, that it's hard to, this is a very hard year to predict. So um, I think those are the ones where we've, we've put some work into Setting ourselves up for 2021 that I feel confident in. I have other predictions, but none that I feel that confident
2: (laughs) in. Um, Matt did throw in a couple of bold predictions, so if there's some that you're like on the fence about, we won't we won't hold you to them, but. Uh, if you want to share some of them, we also would be interested I think about I would concur well.
1: with Matt's. I don't know if somebody from Apple is going to come chase me down, but with Matt's <laughs> Matt's prediction on Apple coming out with a search, I think they're preparing themselves to come out with a search engine. So, yeah. while search is certainly not my world, and and Matt has a many more data points to point to on that, it, it would make a ton of sense. They're yeah. they're setting themselves up for success. Um, I'd be interested to see what that does for. Google and Bing, but no predictions on that one. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, no predictions.
2: I know from an SEO perspective, I'm particularly interested in the the search side of it. I know, I think they spent quite a bit of time this year updating their Maps program to be able to better compete with Google. So to see them actually start moving to a search engine could be really interesting, especially yeah. with how many iPhone users are out there. So yeah, so intrigued.
1: I completely agree.
0: I loved your answers and your predictions for the next year. Yeah. I'm very excited to be leaving 2020 in the dust. Um, yes. And hopefully it was one bad year and not the start of a bad decade. Like I've been right. seeing all the memes about on the internet.
1: One bad
2: year. Just one bad year. We It'd got it great. all done in the first year. The next nine are be super easy. <laughs> <I> Agreed.
1: <laughs> We'll have to do a post, we'll have to do a, a 2021 recap, see whose predictions were right. Yes,
0: exactly, yeah, exactly. I would like that. it would be great. Cool.